On this week's MMA and Wrestling Edition of My Take Radio, the MMA segment takes a back seat as Jay Santee stops by to break down Raw, SmackDown, the Royal Rumble, 205 Live, and the Wrestling News of the Week. The MMA and Wrestling Edition of My Take Radio starts right now. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 392, powered by Rageworks. Thank you guys for hitting that download button and allowing my beautiful voice to grace your speakers and headphones. All right, so a little housekeeping before we jump into this week's wrestling segment. That's right, it is a wrestling-themed episode of MTR. MMA is taking a back seat this week only because it was a very, very action-packed week in pro wrestling between NXT TakeOver, The Rumble, Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, and the Wrestling News of the Week. I really didn't want to go and do the whole two-and-a-half-hour show of MMA and wrestling. MMA stuff has been, for the most part, fairly quiet, and minus the event that happened this past weekend, which was pretty solid, and you know a couple of other happenings, which I'm sure you've already heard about from other sources, I think it would be a disservice to make you guys sit through you know, a bunch of MMA stuff that you may already know and then drag out the wrestling stuff. Plus, uh, Jay Santee is going to be joining me to break down this week's wrestling stuff. And man, it's a lot. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's wrestling segment. Let's get to it, shall we? Yes, sir. We promised you a great main event here tonight. Look at that here. Andre, the giant WrestleMania. Everyone has a price. What's going on, Mr. Santi? I don't know. I'm just like I'm just uh, I'm disturbed. I'm, I'm just I'm, a, I'm 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 just confused about what happened this past week. My 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 whole is it, my whole head is in a tizzy. But other than that, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I think um it was it was an interesting weekend for for pro wrestling. I mean, you know, we had obviously the road to WrestleMania, the build up for that, and coming off you know a pretty not not a quiet week on the MMA side it was it was nice to see wrestling take the center stage and i got to say you know on the you know getting things rolling with the with the NXT side with takeover that takeover card was tremendous i, I when i first saw it I, I thought it was very light because usually they 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 try to strike the card with with as much as they can when it comes to uh the WWE uh, big pay-per-views that's piggybacking, well, they're piggybacking behind them. But I thought it was pretty light, but they pretty much 
put enough on the table, which was phenomenal for the fans to watch. I, I was I was grateful to to see that, that that they were able to put the card together that way. Uh, on top of the fact, I felt you know I you know we did some predictions last week, and I went through that through through most of them, and I felt that the way that a lot of it was handled was done correctly because they were investing in the future. I mean the the Eric Young Ty Dillinger match was really good and it was funny because I you know I was saying that Eric Young was more than likely gonna go over because they're really trying to push the sanity you know sanity's momentum. You know, you got basically NXT's Wyatt family to a to a T. And in all honesty, Ty Dillinger's over to the point now where the loss wouldn't hurt him anyway. But is he really over though? I mean I know he's a fan favorite but for for guys like you and I, I'm kind of on the fence with him because it's like I get why the fans like him, but you could you could you could pinpoint where he's just basically a you know mid Carter if at best if he goes to the main roster. So I don't know, it, it just weirds me out for a little bit with him. Well, here's here's where I see it. I think that Ty Dillinger's one of those individuals that he's what I like to call a, a, a quintessential mid card guy. He's the kind of guy that'll come out, have a spectacular match with whoever you put him in there with because he's actually capable of carrying a match. And he's he's a stable, you know, I mean, he's a staple, excuse me, in in any role that you put him in, whether it's the the scrappy underdog in NXT, the guy on the verge of greatness, uh, you know, the cocky heel. He can he can pretty much bring a lot of different qualities to the table. You know, he actually reminds me of how the Miz started out. Because if you remember, the Miz came in. He did tough enough. People kind of were digging him because of the whole MTV thing. But then when they paired him with John Morrison, and and they did that, you know, Miz and Morrison, that's when we started to see a different side of the Miz. And then obviously he's continued to improve since then. And I think Ty Dillinger is in a similar in a similar environment because this is a guy that came into NXT. He was basically a feeder for a lot of these guys. And now, you know, this is a guy that he's on the cusp of, of breaking through. And it's all about the right opponent, the right performance and the right time. And I think that, that Dillinger definitely has that capability. No, you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, right. The comparison with Miz is there, but uh, I still think that with him, there's a lot of elements missing with him where that he could be put over as something to, I don't know that 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 I don't know if it's lack of charisma or lack of uh, of being able to to go against the the the, the big cards because Miz was able to to go in the, in the ring with the big card guys, but I don't know. I, I, there's something about him. I mean, I I can get where the fans want to back him, but I'm still like uh, on the fence with him whether he's going to be on that roster to be something that's going to be impactful. Yeah, I, I, you know, he's he's definitely an experimental candidate, and I say this because it was cool to see him in the Rumble. But I'll be honest, seeing him in the Rumble was dope. But he sh- he doesn't need to be called up because if you call him up right now, he's going to become Apollo Cruz. He's going to become all of these guys that get. He's going to become Tyler Breeze. That they're just going to be filler. They're going to take up no space. I mean, they're going to take up space, and they're going to have no long term objective with him. I think right now with Bobby Roode, which we'll get into in a moment, you know, and the outcome of his match with Nakamura, there's plenty of potential to leverage Ty Dillinger in that capacity as the as a scrappy underdog, you know? Yeah, and, and 
you know, it's funny because I, I have individuals who's coming back into wrestling right now, and they see Ty, Ty Dillinger, and they like, what is it about him that 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 the fans are backing him? And it's like you got to give the whole pedigree of his progression and all right. and such, and it's it's still a good thing, but it's still like it's it's not it's not the charismatic thing that a lot of people can grab onto easily as quick. It's still like you had to be there for the progression for him. On top of the fact that he's come a long way. He was in a tag team with Jason Jordan and people Jason forget Maddie, that. Was, and not only that, he was the one that was super kicked by Shawn Michaels during, uh, doing a, uh, doing a uh, vignette and such a couple of years back. He he, he took a super kick in, in, in the backstage area. So he's been there for a minute. Yep, he's been there for a minute. Now, the uh, you know to follow up such a really great opener, the Roderick Strong Andrade Cien Almas match was good. I think that Andrade's trying to find his his place in the roster because I think he's a capable wrestler. I feel that the language barrier is definitely something to consider. I also feel that WWE kind of fucked up letting him wrestle without the mask because I feel that that that's a big part of the mystique where you could be. A, a, a zero charisma luchador, but the mask and the history behind it is always respected. Even Sin Cara, you know, whether it was, you know, Botchmania Sin Cara or Hunico Sin Cara, there's respect there, which I just feel nobody gives Andrade because they're just like, oh, here comes, you know, Magic Miguel to wrestle his match with Roderick Strong. You know, like he doesn't, he gets no play. And I feel bad I for the dude. Now, I think with him, it's like he's a pretty boy who has a pretty boy look, which it's it can sell if done properly. Um, I with him, I think they should have built his heel aspect up first. Yep. Yeah, they you know before you put him in the likes with a Roger Strong, Strong, you had other individuals like you could have like had him easily go through the mark to 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 build up that heel aspect of him, go through. Go through Ty Dillinger, go through a you know few drivers here and there that's in the building, and build up the heel factor. And with his book, he he get that pretty boy aspect over. Right. But the the thing that kills me is that you're trying to get two guys at the same time uh, um, a push. You got Andre and you got Roderick. And Andre Andre is is a guy who has uh, uh, history from you know, Mexico and such, and you got Roderick, who's probably well-known by the, the by the WWE and NXT universe easily. So it's, you know, you, you got to wait out the measures. Who are you going to put over first? Right. I think, I think that Andrade actually came away looking better in this match because we got to see more of him, not just the showboaty aspect of his offense, but just, like, really good intensity, um, you know, really cocky. It, it was almost like... I was seeing what they were trying to accomplish with Del Rio on his second run. I always said that with NXT, um, you have you have a mixed batch in there that is going to be fighting for one or a few uh, uh, title runs or, or, or goals. Right. So uh, it's it, it's weird because you know with, with 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 the cruiserweight championship, you know, there's talk about possibly getting getting it away from Raw. One of the cases we will probably talk about that later. Yep. But. I think that uh, NXT is probably a, a nice outlet for that to be there. You got a couple of guys in there that could probably, you know, end up being a fix for there. And Roger Strong would be a guy that would help to thin out that herd because 
what a lot of guys who can't make the weight that's at 205 at NXT would, would thin out that herd there and probably push them up in on the ladder when it comes to championship uh, right. uh, divisions. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Andrade Andrade's a big dude, so he definitely can't make a run at Cruiserweight unless he cuts some of that size down. But the thing about his character is that in that match, I kind of felt that nobody really came away looking bad. You know, like Roderick looked good. He looked strong in the match, no pun intended. And Andrade looked like he actually was comfortable in that match. Finally, the weird thing is that the weird thing is that when you're when you have when you're a good looking guy and you push the heel thing, it's tough. It's really really tough. You have to be you have to put a lot of implement in in being a real a real fucking douche to get that over. It's it's tough. You have to you have to show that you, you're a real douchebag to 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 get that that heel factor over. So he he has a he has a, a big hill to climb to push that heel factor over. Yeah, I was you know I was concerned. With the with the tag team title match, because I just felt that the that the authors of pain are just these big these big oaf these big oafish looking dudes that don't really bring any real technique to their matches. It's almost a, a throwback to old WWF in the eighties when you had this crazy tag team just come out and they were just you know uh, monsters and. They'd go and obliterate everybody and anybody. And then when you got them in there with a more capable team, the capable team essentially had to play the role of baggage carriers to carry these guys to a good match. And I I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised with how good um, Tommaso and Gargano made the, the Authors of Pain look. But I was also pleasantly surprised by how capable they were in that match. The thing that really pissed me off about this is that um, the authors of pain is like I, I could I, I see why NXT and WWE is trying to put them over as the next thing, but even still to this day they're greener than Kermit the Frog shit. Yep, and and it's like, uh, can you? Can, I mean, you, you're giving a lot for DIY to do this. You're right, giving way too much for them to do, and you could tell that they were trying. I mean, yep. They did. They put in a lot of work to make it look. Yeah, they put in a lot of work. It's way too much work for it. And, right. Um, to put the straps on these guys now, to me, was a bit too early. We could have um, probably worked around to where uh, DIY had a sneak victory, possibly uh, worked their way around where a uh, pinfall happened by a sneak, uh, a sneak uh, submission or whatever, or a sneak pinfall. But to put the straps on uh, on these other the pain guys now is like way too early. It's, it, to me, it, was, it it just frustrated me a little bit. It, what? it really did. It was just weird. Well, I you know how I looked at it. I looked at it as the 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 point of where iron sharpens iron. Like if if the authors of pain didn't learn anything in that match with with DIY, then that's a bigger problem. You know, like I saw it and I was like. These guys aren't just having a match. They're getting a lesson in wrestling. And I think that in that capacity, the the payoff is the fact that these guys are going to come away being better than they were going into the match. I don't know. So I, I don't know, because I think with the momentum, the way that um, the NXT tag team division is right now, you have like one or two teams. You have the, the, TM, the, the TM, 
Uh, the Australian dude. Yep, TM six one. But the one yeah. guy, he got a knee injury, so he's out. So they just lost that that yeah, momentum. Yeah, and you lose it there, and like you, you, I think you really could have carried this over for a little while longer. I don't know. This, I mean, unless you're telling me that the the call up is happening, which you, we know is not going to happen just as yet. I think putting the belts on the Aldous of Pains right now was like a little bit too soon for me. I don't, I don't know. It's just it, to me, it's just like those guys are still, they just they they it, it, they're still you know still working stiff, and it's just a, it's a little weird for me. But you know what it is though, in looking at them perform, I kind of feel that they send them out there to work that that really really bruiser style. Because as I was watching that match, I was watching Tommaso and Johnny really really just not only sell the offense but also find ways to make the offense look fluid which is crazy because you got these two it's like a mac truck hitting a volkswagen like it there's no way to make that look pretty and and that's the thing you know gargano and and champa definitely went out of their way to make these guys actually look like they belonged now and it's it sucked, no, but I'm saying it sucked because DIY just came off right. two big matches last year yep. with the revival, and it was like it was something. It's a lot of work for them. Yeah, it's a big workload. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big work, real big work, real big work. But you know, just, for them to drop it this easily to to these guys, it's like all right, all right. Listen, all right. I w- I wouldn't be shocked if Mania's NXT Takeover is DIY the revival against them into in a triple threat match to really mask those flaws. Oh, jeez. I wouldn't be you shocked. And if it were if it were that way, I would just say give the belt to revival again. Yep. Because uh, I to be honest, you would have to give me something extreme for me to to to, to drop my jaw on like some holy shit aspect because if that if that would occur, it would just be just it'd be it'd be somewhat painful because you know by you would hope that from here to that time that they they set their game up, but right, I don't see it happening. Well, you know what those guys need? They need to stop dressing them like the fucking shield. <laughs> that's the first thing. Second thing, no, your Roman needs to stop dressing. Like well, that's that's shield. a separate that's a separate thing altogether. But they need like <laughs> war paint or like Legion of Doom type shit. Like you need something like Paul Ellering should really be like, yo, we need to make you guys look monstrous. It's like those yeah. guys. Those guys look like you know top flight security when they come out, <laughs> and I'm like, it's, I'm like, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody said, hey, we're gonna call these guys up and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be in a in a stable with Roman, dude. It wouldn't even, <laughs> it would not even surprise me. Like, oh, Roman's gonna have these two guys as his heavy, as, as you know, as his heavies, and he's gonna be out there, and I'm just like. I just see it for some creepy and weird reason. Book, I'm like Vince market book market is a heel turn after mania for Roman. Yep. And that's, who's going to be his, 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 uh, his fraction, right? His yep. faction is going to be that. His faction is going to be those two dudes. Cause they're, they'll definitely be called up to raw. And then Paul Hashtag Ellering, Samoan SWAT team. Yep. And, and, and Paul Ellering will be the mouthpiece to take the weight off of Roman having to cut promos. I'm telling I'm you. Ready. I swear that we booked it right now. Listen, hashtag we booked it. That's what it is right yep. there. I um you know, Rollins showing up was good angle advancement, and we'll get into the aftermath of that later on. But I thought that that was really well done. I like that Triple H came out like like the Kingpin in Marvel Comics, and he was just like, <laughs> like, get this piece of trash out of here. Like it was so well done because everybody's like, Oh, it's about to pop off, and Triple H is like, nah. 
It's not. But let me tell you, I have um, I I, I recently spoke about um my my uh my connection with my brother this past year, right? A few months ago, and and on uh, TRSS, and he I I brought him back into the fold into wrestling. He was a big wrestling fan, and nowadays, you know, he's he's seen what wrestling is now. He he dropped off beforehand, and now he's seen what what, what Triple H is. He's like. Wow, when Triple H was wrestling, he was cool, but now he's like really badass. What the fuck is that? He's like, what is it, what's that about? No, it's true. And, yeah, and, and and I think that's a real eye opener for a lot of people who are being gone from the from the business. And when you're when you're talking to them about what the progression is of wrestling, it's like, holy shit! Like, wow, this is where this is what has become. I'll tell so you. That's what I say like the new the the. The, the the transition where, where wrestling is now when I tell a lot of people I said this is a well this is when you gotta start watching it. Well I'll right go now. I'll go one step further. I think Triple H has become the more intense Vince. Like if you look wow. at his character, he just took Vince, he took Mr. McMahon and he said, Imagine a Mr. McMahon that didn't just talk shit but could legitimately fuck you up in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like now it's a thing to where he's turned the corner. It, it, yeah, it's like he's 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 no, but you know, he turned the corner. It's like he there's a uh, an, an administrator in power who's been in that ring. Right, he knows it exactly. Yeah, he, he can say yeah, and, and it kind of it kind of helps the, the the business work even better. It was it was good, man. I thought that it was well executed. The um the women's match I thought was gonna be a lot. A, was going to be more subpar than than you know than anything because I'm not really sold on Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I could just watch Oscar and Nikki Cross beat the shit out of each other because there's there's a lot of intensity there. But I was actually thoroughly impressed that Royce and Kay not only held their own but actually brought something to the match. You know there was a lot of good double team offense in there. Nikki Cross is a legitimate star. You know she has tons of potential once her sanity run is over for sure i think that you know she has it's almost like becky lynch but more but more of that strong style which is what oscar brings to the table so it's good you know my whole point is um the storytelling was best because you got to take out the thorough one you had to take nikki cross out so that that eliminated that element in the match because we already know that the heavens was going to be Oscar and Nikki in that match. Right. So they did a good job of doing that. As for the future, I think honestly they're prepping for a page uh bye bye and Nikki could fill in that void but doesn't have to be the beauty. Right. She'll come in with the the the, the skill set right. and uh, veracity for it, but doesn't have to be the beauty. She'll go in and slide into that mode. So don't be surprised if when Paige goes bye bye, it, it's Nikki that flows into to fill the uh, to fill the to fill the gap. Yeah, to fill that gap. No, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I will I will say also that the thing about Nikki Cross that works is that if Oscar gets the call up, Nikki Cross can carry NXT as a credible women women's champion. You know, I find it it's weird for me because um, when I'm watching the women's division. In NXT, it's like, it's like, do we, do, are we really concerned about it? You have, we have to think about it. Are we really concerned if the women's division is going to be that bad? No, not at all. It, I, yeah, I don't really think it is. I think if Oscar gets a call up, 
I, I, we, we have to measure the weight in balance, which will probably be raw. You still have um, uh, Ember, uh, Ember Moon on on, yep. on NXT. You still have you know the few ladies that's still there. Yep. I I still think that mm, it, 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 the the women's division will still be okay. Well, you know what it is. So much it's so much male talent there. Right. That the women's division the women's division won't get lost, but it'll still be prevalent. Well, they just signed. You know, they signed Crazy Marie Dobson. Like they signed some heat to fill that division. But I also wanted to say, you know, I know you were saying about Oscar getting called up to raw. You know what the problem is? You got Nia Jax as the quote unquote powerhouse of raw. If they were smart, I'd call her up to SmackDown because then you have that one dominant force that you could kind of put the belt on or kind of just have her waiting in the wings because you need that. Like, I think they did that with Nia Jax because it's like on paper, Nia Jax should be champion, but the beauty of it is that her specter is so so ominous in that division that you can have all these other feuds going on around her, and when it's finally her time to get into a feud, it's gonna it's gonna be against somebody who's gonna make her look good. And I think that's where they're going with with Charlotte being champion and Bailey. You know, one of those two women can definitely take Nia Jax to the quote unquote promised land. You know, I think it's kind of tough to say because the SmackDown they have. The the best litter of talent right now. Uh, they have uh, Alexa Bliss. They have uh, they have uh, Naomi. They have now they just added Mickey James there. They have they, they I, I I said that they could play a lot with it. The only way that I would say Oscar will get there is if Nikki James is um, excuse me if Nikki Bella is gone at the at the uh, the precipice of, of WrestleMania. Yep, it should be out and yep. there. But I think with Raw, they need that division to boost up because I don't think they have the confidence in that division. They really don't have the the women they need to have to to, to push over. SmackDown already has it. They have a good, they have a solid uh, crew. Yeah, they do have a good crop. Yeah, they have a good crop, so they don't need it. And uh, uh, Oscar will be a good one because if um, Nia is going to be the the monster. It will be Oscar who will be the one that yeah the foil I get it yeah the foil yeah I I think I you know that's definitely going to be something we're gonna we're gonna have to keep a real close eye on post mania because you know that's when that's when call up fest twenty seventeen begins oh, and oh that's what a drinking game happens. that's that's it <laughs> and, and and there's always a new draft. Oh. Uh, no, I don't think they're te- are they teasing it for this year. I don't think so. I think if they were smart, they would do a new draft every year. I think they're, gonna, I think they're probably teasing for every two years. Only because, and and I'll get into that in a in a minute. Only because of what's happening with Foley. Oh, okay. That's why. But um, the uh the title match with Nakamura and Bobby Roode. Not only did Nakamura look fucking tremendous, but. For anybody who's been a naysayer and a critic of Bobby Roode going into this, you're you're eating a shit sandwich right now. Like I said, I like I said, I, and I and I go back to this because I go back to a lot of individuals who not been in wrestling for a while, and my brother came back into it, and he's been watching it. He goes, "Yo," because he he I you know I put him on to Nakamura matches early on, but he didn't know about Bobby Roode before. He was like, "Yo." I didn't think that he would, be, he would be able to hold up with a guy like him. Yep. And it was, and to me, I knew it because we, we, we've seen Bobby in fucking TNA. We, we've seen it. 
Yep. We knew that he could get the job done, man. Like we yeah. and that's what I laugh about when people are like, Yeah, man, Bobby Roode. It's like, but did you watch TNA Bobby Roode? Did you watch Bobby Roode when he was part of Team Canada with Eric Young when he debuted in TNA? Or did you only learn about Bobby Roode because of beer money? Beer money. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, did you know like when he was the ravishing Bobby Roode? Yep. It was I, I always had confidence with it, and I always, and I always said that he's a guy that he, that if it wasn't AJ who did the main roster jump, it would have been Bobby that should have been he he should have the main roster jump. Yep. But I get it. I get it. Why he's still in the NXT, which is cool. But uh, sooner or later, it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Yep. One or two guys gotta fall to the waistline, and um in the main roster, like a, like a Jericho has, well, he'll be falling off soon. Uh, Cena will be doing his, um, his, his movies and TV shows, stuff, whatever. Yep. And he won't be on TV as much. This will be the opportune time for 2017 to, to push rude up there. Rude is, oh man, you guys really, really got to get, you got to get up on it. Yep. But uh, you know what it is? I think, and this is something I always say. I think that rude staying in NXT and Shinsuke coming up is the right thing to do. And I say this because if you look at the transitions, you know, when, when Bo Dallas came up, he passed the torch to Neville. When Neville came up, he passed the torch to Zayn. When Zayn and Owens worked their magic, then, you know, Zayn got the call up. Then KO and, and Balor, you know, they worked their magic. Then KO got the call. You know what I mean? Like you always leave a, 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 a ring general to hold it down because that's the tent pole. I worry about a Shinsuke call up. I worry about it a lot because we love him. Uh, Indy fans love him. Right. Uh, New Japan loves him. But when it comes to American fans fully who are not aware of him, I'm afraid of the transition of him. The same could be said of as much as we love of Finn Balor and all, it's like, hmm. How will they accept him? I don't. It, it, I think it's going to be really, really tough because if they keep him the way he is, it might help. Yep. But I don't need the the, the Vince machine to make him the. I agree. Uh, you can't. Yep. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's a weird, weird, weird line that we have to play with. No, I I agree. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot let him. Be touched by creative people who see him for the first time. They're like, wow, what a charismatic man he is. Yep. And he doesn't even speak a word. Yep. And they love him. Yep. But I'm so afraid how he would transition to WWE. It it, it really troubles me to see how that happens. My my biggest concern is that he comes up and the and the creative machine is like, we need to give him a character. And it's like, no, you don't. This is what you got to do. Play the violin, send him out, let him fuck shit up, and leave. It's like Stone Cold. Arrive, raise hell, leave. That's it. And I wouldn't even, and to be honest, I wouldn't even want him to be on a weekly basis. I, would, I could take him on the main roster as a guy who comes in periodically. Yep. On, on, on the, it, it, it still carries over. It carries over is great. Right. Not 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 as light as a Brock Lesnar or a Goldberg. No, 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 definitely but, not. Yeah, but still have it to where if he shows up 
for PPV or whatever the case they want it to be, it's good. I don't need to see him every week. It, no. it's, it's fun to see him pop up every so often. Yeah, I think I think that, uh, that above all, with Nakamura, and this is the thing too, I feel that he would thrive better as much as you know he's he has a he's raw all through and through like he would be a raw guy. I just feel that he's one of those guys that you can kind of build around on SmackDown because you know what it is? A lot of the talent that he can fuck with is over there like AJ's over there. I was about to say that's where he'll have the most Exactly. And on top and of that Cena Cena's going to be like, "Yo, I like this dude. I need him to step it up because I'm wrapping it up." You know? Let's think about it like this. Uh, him on SmackDown, um, Cena versus Nakamura SummerSlam. Yep. Would be Insane. Monumental. Dude. In monumental. Nobody, monumental. nobody would be ready for that, man. It's like, that's yeah, a, that shit will be, honestly, that should be crazy. Like everybody thinks that, that the hype machine was good for AJ and Cena, which we'll get into, but fuck man, you put Nakamura in and cause you know what it is. And I've said this. A, a John Cena that's motivated with fresh opponents is a John I Cena. My hair, I, we just said it, and my hair is a standard. That shit sounds crazy. Yep, a, a, a John, a John Cena, because that's the thing, dude. When you put John Cena in there with fresh talent, not not Randy Orton for the eighty eight hundred and thirtieth time, but I mean the AJ's, the Samoa Joes, the, the dude. He made Baron Corbin look like a fucking rock star on that yeah, SmackDown exactly. match, and I was just like, holy shit. I'm like, I got a new respect for you, Baron Corbin. You went in there with the fucking man, and you did all right. <laughs> which leads me into the Rumble, which, before we talk, break it down a bit, I got to say that I was more in tuned and more, more, more attentive to the individual matches than the Rumble itself. With me, uh, it's funny because that's like my, my, my first Christmas of the, of the new year. Right. Royal Rumble is like my... Uh, what can unwrap for me during this? And I gotta, I gotta say that they had nothing for me personally. Uh, I mean, the rumble itself was like just so lackluster. Yep. But the event was it, it could have been a plus, but because of the, the rumble match, it dropped it down. Yep. And I had told, I had told people who who came to me as as always, and they go, "What the fuck happened?" And yep. I said, "You know what? To be honest." I think WWE does not want the Rumble to be better than WrestleMania. I agree with that. I can find, agree with that. And I find and they found a way to do it. Well, here's here's the they, thing. It's it's always going to be the top four. But the problem is that the Rumble was to your point was eclipsing WrestleMania because everybody knew yeah. who's debuting, they, who's going to do something look, crazy. Of course. And they they wanted us to, to kind of suck the wind out of the out of everyone's sails. But I got to say this, and this is what annoyed me. We didn't get the visual of like 20 dudes fighting at once. We didn't get those really, really good face-offs that we really wanted to see. Like, don't get me wrong, like Big Show and Braun Strowman. You know, like we had moments. But then we had instances where it was just, we're all going to lay here for 20 minutes. Well, I said that, honestly, they this was the, the, the Royal Rumble to go 40, to put... Uh, instead of 30 to have 40 entrants. Yep. It would have been better. The, the, you just did a brand split. Yep. So 40, 40 guys would have been best for you guys. Absolutely. And um, even if you didn't want to put, let's say, you had a bigger plan for a Samoa Joe or you had a bigger plan for the Finn Balor, you still had 
guys that weren't on the main roster that could have entertained yep. the Rumble. Yep, I agree. You know? I think... And then, and, and, then, and, and even, you know, tickle the, the fantasy. Every, you know, you and I know, like, Kurt Angle's not going to be in that. Well, you know what it I was? Had Angle shown up, it would have been interesting if he would have if he would have shown up as like number 30 and I'll, ex- and, and I'll explain because what happens is you had a lot of fodder in there. A lot of guys that were just really just there to make all. And, and this is the whole thing. I, I was talking about this with, with one of the guys in my office. I said, this rumble was the showcase, the five big guys rumble, because think about it. Braun Strowman looked good in that match. Baron Corbin eliminating Strowman looked good in that match. The Big Show looked all right in that match. Taker coming in and facing off with Goldberg. We we saw sparks of awesomeness. Lesnar with the with the quick removal by Goldberg out of the match. There was a lot of showcase, but the overall focus was on those individuals. And that's what got me. I'm like, I'm like, why don't you just put these 10 the, these five dudes in there and then just let them fight for 20 minutes at this rate? But you know what sucks that you made a great point about that, but you missed one individual with that. Shoot, you missed Big Cass. Well, that's the thing. But here's the thing about Big Cass. He came in. He came in at one. Right. And he was a big, big impact in the match. Right. But it was lost because, like you said, he wasn't the attraction. Him. He wasn't and the attraction. Was shut him. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't the guy that everybody was coming to see. Like everybody wanted to see Brock. Everybody wanted to see Goldberg. Yeah. Hell, and everybody then, wanted to and, see and Taker. He did exactly what everybody else did. It was like, oh, we had everybody. We had these big guys here and there. What the case is, you but you had big cast who came in at one, who was a big attraction, and then you lost it because of the other big men that were there. Dude, and and here's yeah. the funny part. Me and my wife, we were we were joking about it with Jimbo Slice, and we were like, yo, where the fuck is Kane? Exactly. Like, like, everybody, like, Kane is a staple. Game went to hell. Yeah, dude. So you know, there was there was a lot of that. I mean, the matches themselves, you know, just to run down them. The the kickoff women's match was okay, a bit sloppy for my liking. I I felt that they did a good job just to get Naomi over, which was great. Um, Gallows and Anderson winning the belts was fine. I think that there's a bit there's a bigger story you can tell. But I also feel that with Cesaro and Sheamus, you need to you need to either make these guys like a legit dominant tag team where they hold the belts for, you know, 180 days type shit, or you got to let them go their separate ways. To me, you know, to, to, to have Gallows and Anderson win the belts at a pre-show was very disrespectful. I really, yep. I, I took it as a I took it as a disrespect. I, I agree. You had one of that role. Yep. I, I, honestly, I, you should have won that role. I can agree with that. The, yeah. You, you, you take the, um, you, you have the two referees and have them still, win uh, at, 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 at the pre-show, have um, Cesaro and Sheamus still win, and then have the match, schedule our role, and put them over there and let them win big there. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a big disrespect for that. Yep. Um, and um, uh, anything, uh, that, that whole chemistry with Cesaro and Sheamus, it's like, it's, to me, it's always painful to see Sheamus as a uh, makeshift yep. piece or whatever. No, I agree. Keep him a heel. Yep. He's heel. Leave him heel. Let him work heel. Keep him heel. Like, I, I can't take it anymore. Well, it's like something you and I have talked about on previous episodes. There's just some guys that they just need to be heels forever. Yeah, just leave him heel. Yep. Bailey will, Bailey will always be a face. 
Yep, it's impossible to make Bailey a heel unless you do like something dramatic, you know? Exactly. She will always be a face. It's like Sasha. Sasha's a great heel. As a face, you know, she's over because everybody's just a fan. But Sasha Banks is 100% resting bitch face heel. And the same thing with Charlotte. Charlotte works as a fucking heel. Yep. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't phase me to see attorney because it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Just, whatever. I'll Miz, tell you this. This is a, this is a, the best example. Yep. Is the best heel. Period. Say as a heel. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you this though. That Nia Jax, Sasha Banks match was fucking painful to watch. And, and that's another thing. Why would you put that on the, why painful. would you put that on the bigger card? Yep. On all, it, it, it's 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 wrenching because nobody wants to sit there and honestly say it's like we're putting her over as a monster. Yep. You could have been doing that exactly during the shows, you dude. And then on the main show, and then to boot, you have a match which is essentially a fucking snooze fest, and then Charlotte and Bailey go out there and fucking kill it. Exactly. Like, dude, it's like it's like we're gonna give you the vegetables before we give you we're gonna give you the the vegetables before you get the ice cream. Yeah, exactly. It was crazy. I was like, yo, how do you have this match? And then Charlotte just comes out there with Bailey and bodies everybody. And you know, this is a, this is a Sasha favor because, um, and then in any day or form, it's like, why would you even try to book this? Yep. You want to put the monster heel? We get it. The monster heel fact should have been with with bailey that would have been a better look dude but you want to get see, but we don't see charlotte and, and and sasha so many times you have to switch it dude you want to give somebody you want to get nia Jax over as a heel she should have done what so many dominant divas or or female wrestlers have done and just fucking enter the rumble like dude imagine sasha banks throwing like big cast over the top rope that would get yeah, that would have been big that's what you got to do He's getting he's getting thrown out anyway. So right. Have her throw him out. Exactly. Like like yeah. she just comes through and legit like picks a dude up and just bodies him. Everybody's like, oh shit. And then you know yeah. like then maybe Sasha will come out and then help help her get eliminated and thus you can continue the feud. But you didn't have to sacrifice Sasha in a match that was complete dog yeah, shit. That was, uh, definitely, that sounds way better than what the fuck they put up out there. Yep. Cause it was legit squash mania when yep. they did that. As much as people don't want to sit there and think about it, it was. It was ridiculous. Yep. And then you know, fucking, you know, a lot of people give Roman Reigns shit, and me and I have talked about this. Roman Reigns just the guy that goes to work and punches a clock. But I got to tell you, man, Kevin Owens went out of his way to make that motherfucker look great. The match was a brawl. Oh, it was wow. crazy, dude. And the fact yeah, that Kevin Owens took so much punishment, I was like, yo, I'm like, I'm like, please, man. With the punishment he's taking, I hope he's keeping the belt. Cause damn, that that motherfucker has to sit in the tub of ice when this is over. No, and and it was all out, bro. Nobody, you know, if any and any of you guys expected a wrestling match, then you were fucked. Nope. But it was it was all out, bro. Which it would have stole the show. Yep. If, if you know what happened afterwards. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. Well, they got but, robbed. Um, they got robbed by Rich Swan, which isn't a surprise. <laughs> because <laughs> they did because holy shit did he and neville fucking just uh, destroy any they were like yo these guys are gonna go out there and they're just gonna work and it's crazy because we rarely would see that where usually it's like wow with a match like that i gotta go pee and then yep. comes the next match like oh shit i gotta hold my piss man. Yep. what the fuck yep but um 
you had you had you had uh, uh, the intuitive thought process of Kevin Owens to stack up, you know, the mat, uh, the match that it was with the chairs and stuff. And then the only thing that fucking pissed me off is that you you, you implement the, the brass knuckles and you punch a guy in the face with yep. a super punch. Yep. I know. I said the same thing. I'm like, that motherfucker should be dead. Out? There's a better way to fucking stage that. Yeah, He's well. Like, you know what? I can never beat this guy ever. I'm yep. like, fuck you. This yep. is ridiculous. It's this like, crazy. I'm not. It's like punching Goku in Dragon Ball Z when he's powering up and he just stares at you. That's exactly what happened. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so you just got punched by like, in the, the face. Point? Yep, it was it, that was that was probably one of the only cringeworthy moments of what was without a doubt uh, an amazing I thought, outing. I would have said, you know what? Have Braun Strowman come in, do what he did to to interfere in the match, do all the stuff, let him kick it off, uh, let 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 um Roman kick out from that shit, and then drop the brass right. knuckles. And then I'm finished. Yep. Uh, 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 that, that, that to me was, a, other than that, the match was very, it was very good for me. I mean, like I said, man, we got hit with the trifecta of awesomeness before the subpar rumble. Cause I got, you know, Neville and Swan destroyed it. And then Cena and AJ was spectacular. And you know, it's funny. Cause of course, you know, like, like Kenny Omega is like, yeah, it was, I, right. you know, because obviously you're not going to be like, yo, that match was fucking awesome. After everybody was like, yo, Omega and Okada's match was fucking you know, match of the millennium and shit. Like, like people were like, yeah, man, you know, Kenny Omega's a fucking hater, yo. Like that match was, it's like, that's like, that's like Michael Jordan watching LeBron play and, and him say that LeBron is a better player. It's like, there's ego there, you know? But isn't it great? It's fantastic. You have other, isn't it great that you have other wrestlers? Yep. You know, other promotions that have to comment on it. It's, it's amazing. I love it's it, amazing. dude. It's I, great because that's when you know that finally WWE started to, to take heed to what wrestling is about. You know, we could have sat there and made that match a a paint by numbers match. Yep. But what you got what it was, when I watched it, I never sat there to put it in comparison. Never did. Nope. I, I know because it's two different styles, it's two different promotions, and it's two different uh ways to get a finish. And with WWE, I took it as, you know, I, I sat on my feet and applaud because they actually were able to take a risk with a match. Yep. We saw it at a at a Cena um Styles um SummerSlam, which is their 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 their, their precipice. And now they took them up to another level. And as much people want to sit there to give Cena shit and I can understand it because with Cena Cena can't work with anybody who's lesser than him. Nope. That well, it's like the promo he cut on AJ Styles when he was saying that, yo, you know, John Cena didn't need the indies. And it's funny because everybody's like, oh, but you know what it is, man? John Cena, quote unquote, did, didn't need the indies, but the indies have breathed new life into John Cena. Right. And it's fun. And, and, and that's a great thing because when I sit there and I think about it, it's like he worked with. And it goes to tell you that what the WWE the WWE style is because he's able to you know grasp it easily when you got a guy from the Indies who got to come in and it's like shit I can't do this I, or or I'm having trouble to work with it yep you know it takes him a little bit to do it but with that Cena works with guys who are ex, you know, upper level 
wrestlers. Yep. Anybody who's less than him, he's gonna pull shit matches, and then and, and it's, it's sucks, but it is. Ryback, we're looking at you. <laughs> he is looking at but you, kid. Got it. Got to call it like I and, see it. And it's true, and you know, the call of state of state. That's what it is. And um, we see what what a lot of wrestlers give. Cena, the Carl Blas to do. He did the code red. Yep. He did a, um, a, 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 a inverted side slam during the match, and it was like, holy shit! Like, wow. I'd almost Cena pulling off some shit. It almost he, made he, you. He took he's, he did the five moves of Doom and said, "Fuck you guys! I could do seven. Dude, it made it made you wonder if that was Cena or Cesaro in a Cena mask. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, yo, am I watching the same dude wrestle right now? <laughs> Holy I shit. Guys, I had guys who were watching the match that were not wrestling fans. They were sitting with me and it was like, Holy shit, what was that? I was like, yeah, that's something that Cena's never done before. Exactly. <laughs> and and you know, it was funny because to, to 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 close that out, it's like the rumble, yeah, Orton won, and don't get me wrong, I I you know, my my textbook, the crowd goes mild. Um, you know, got a point at the sign. And the thing is that when Orton won, I said Cena's not going to be champ going into Mania, uh, and I'll tell unless, you, I'll tell you I, why. I said, unless SmackDown uh, well, pulls something out there, out there, arse. Yep. Well, I'll tell I, you why. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. Cena and and Orton. Somebody put up an interesting statistic: have wrestled each other the most times in their careers. So as soon as I saw that, I said, "Okay, here's the narrative we got. We got the chamber." And then, you know, we'll get into SmackDown in a minute. I said, whoever's in the chamber is going to be a factor in Randy Orton's main event slot. And I said, he's got a built-in narrative with Bray Wyatt. I'm like, Bray Wyatt needs to be in the chamber. And we'll, we'll address that in a moment. But I said, once that narrative is complete, then it paints a different picture. Because Randy Orton is essentially a blank a blank canvas. It's like... If you put him in there with a guy like AJ Styles, you know you're going to get some crazy RKO out of nowhere. Everybody's going to go crazy, and that's you know your WrestleMania moment. But you're not as I hate to tell anybody, it's not going to be the fucking Miz, you know, Dang. and it's not going to be Dean Ambrose, and it's not going to be uh, John wait, Cena. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, 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 I would not be surprised if it's not Ambrose. Though. Well, you know what it is? I feel that Ambrose is going to hold that belt to Mania and defend it in some crazy-ass way like, like they do. Well remember, well, well, remember, when it comes to, um, when it comes to, to WrestleMania, they always have the Intercontinental Championship right. now where it's a ladder match. Correct. Yeah, and that's you, what I mean. You don't know where you don't know what it can happen, but with 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 the whole premise to where um, Bray holds it or Bray will win an elimination chamber, I get, I understand because at the end of the day, Cena has to win it back, right? To you know break the record, I get it. I yep, he he's got to win it, and I'll be honest, in terms of just the the greater good. Before we move into Raw, I got to say that. Bray Wyatt winning the chamber, facing Orton, and you know Orton revealing that it was that it was his machinations all the time is just a better story. Plus, you get to see what Bray Wyatt can do as champion. Uh, I see it as that it's a good tease for it to happen. Bray getting it, but I won't be surprised if AJ wins it back in elimination chamber. To have to face a to have a Randy Orton uh, 
AJ for the championship in, in Mania. And I wouldn't even be surprised if AJ retained. I wouldn't be surprised either because you know what it is? WWE realized, and this is this is a good a good way to go into it. WWE realized that they not only had an incredible performer in AJ Styles, but they had a fucking workhorse. They didn't realize, like, holy shit, we're getting a guy that can go out there and wrestle and wrestle a wet bag of hair and put on a five star right. match without even exactly. without even without even breathing heavy. <laughs> because you got to think about it. You got to think about it. Last year they gave him him Jericho and Mania, which was an okay match. It could yep. have been better, but it was an okay match. Yep. But they're gonna want to put him out there for something with some 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 stability. Yep. And I would not be surprised if AJ retained at uh, Elimination Chamber, and it was it will be him and, and Orton. I, I, and I can see I can see it happening. I was you know switching gears and going into Raw. Everything about Raw was subpar up until Samoa Joe's debut and Triple H's fucking home run of a promo. Because Sami Zayn defeating Chris Jericho, as soon as I saw that match, I said Sami's going to win and that's going to create the road to WrestleMania. Maybe Jericho or Owens will turn on each other. Sami will be in the mix because, you know, Sami. And um, that's that's how the U.S. title is going to get contested. Uh, I, I there's a lot of points that I could take with Raw, which I always do on TRSS, but the big one, like you said, which, which was the phenomenal uh, Triple H promo. I was like, wow. The man never skips a beat. It's like, it's so amazing what he still can go in there and do. Dude was uh, dialed in, bro. I was like, uh, wow. It's in, But it's funny because when he was talking even in my mindset, I, when, when he started talking about, you know, I'm, I'm about breeding champions in NXT, in my head, I said, Joe's coming out. Yep. I Joe's coming out. I, I, I said, in one way or another, he's going to come out. But even if it didn't happen, just the way that Triple H still goes with it, it's like, oh, my God, it's so effortless. Man. Yep. Shit. It's like, it's like legit wish, player coach. You only can wish that you could go into your boss's office and demand a raise the way the fucking man talks. Yep, it was it was good, and that's what I mean. Like like that redeemed a pretty paint by numbers raw. Like we knew that Braun Strowman was not winning the belt from Kevin Owens, and anyone that thought that does not know wrestling. <laughs> um, Enzo and Kaz were finally going to get over on Rusev and Jinder Mahal because finally, and um, you know the 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 only high points, like I said, was that U.S. Championship match. I really like what they're doing with Tony Nese. I did feel that that Austin Aries post-match interview was fucking cringeworthy as all hell. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I like it because it, 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 it's going to be something that they're, they're, they're um, pushing for. Well, they're getting the Austin ready for, for 205 Live. Like, I know it's coming, yeah. but I but it just felt so weird because they don't do it. And Austin is like, so tell me, you have the charisma of a wet paper bag. Why? I'm like. Oh but I don't, shit! But, but but to me, Austin should not be in two hundred five. I don't. He think shouldn't. He's not. The, he shouldn't be there. He should still be running for the NXT right. title. I agree. Being on the main roster. But, but I think they're legitimizing two hundred five live. Me is why the fuck is Kalisto still on SmackDown? Hey, dude! I, when Kalisto got pretty much long darted over the top rope at the Rumble, I'm like. I'm like, first of all, I said to myself, first of all, Vince McMahon loves Jack Gallagher as much as I do because he was the only motherfucker that went out there from that entire division. 
Think about that. Think about that. Your Tony Nese, your Drew Gulak, you know, guys that could probably go out there and look good in the Rumble. We got the pale yeah. motherfucker with the umbrella. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was, and that was the whole thing. Like, watching Raw, and to your point, you know, with the rumors of them wanting to make the Cruiserweights just the Cruiserweights, I feel that they get lost in the shuffle on Raw. Because it's like, we got 17 big things going on, and now, purple lights. You know, it's like... Well, with me, I said that the Cruiserweights should be spread on all promotions. Yep, I agree and with that. I, I always, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, they should all be spread across. I agree. And and let them have the 205, whatever. Right. But um, And the 205 doesn't have to be last. Honestly, it doesn't really It does happen. not, it and it needs to stay in the NXT arena because I said it, and you may agree with this. The live yeah. arenas do not appreciate it because half of them don't. Half of them want to see either somebody get hit with a fucking chair or Brock Lesnar or, you, you right. know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't appreciate those subtle nuances because there's a heftier mix of casual fans versus fans that really do their homework. Right. And, and it fits when, when it's, it's surprising when you book the cruiserweights across the board because it actually builds right. the division the, the better. Yep, it creates you know, brand awareness. Is, yeah, exactly. So it's like you never know who's going to pop out during the promotion. Right. You don't know who's going to battle, whatever it may be. And then when 205 Live happens, it's a better storyline because it makes people sit there and watch all the programs because they're like, oh, Tony needs to have a beef with this guy. Right. So Drew like, has a beef. And so let me watch 205 because they had to carry it over. Yep. For them to be pigeonholed and raw, it's just like, ugh. And then. It, it, there's no room for it. Well, you know what it is? And then they take a guy like, like Mustafa Ali, who is super fucking over. And yeah. he, he's got to go out there. You give him and Tony Nese less than five minutes, and it's like, you got less than five minutes. Make it look good. And it's like, that's not fair to those guys. But you, and you, now your cruiserweight division is almost stacked as your middle, your mid card. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yep. You might as well spread them out. It's better that way. You spread them on everything, even put them on superstars in main event. It, it, it helps. Yep. Promote everything. Yep. And that's the thing that kills me. It's like you give these guys maybe three minutes. Sometimes you put both. You get we get two cruiserweight matches in a night, which is great. But collectively, those guys have maybe less than 10 minutes of ring time on a three hour show. And then you're hoping that the live crowd appreciates them. It's like you want to know why Jack Gallagher is over because he has a character. He's weird. He's pasty looking. He wears stripy, you know, lifesaver style drawers when he wrestles. People are like, wow, this guy's a weird motherfucker. I like this dude. But the other thing is that a lot of people go, well, you know, they record 205 Alive after SmackDown. Right. Well, no, they recorded, they recorded, uh, I believe it's either before Raw or after. And it's like, yo, you just made these motherfuckers sit there for three hours. Three. Yeah. And you want them to sit there for another hour? So you want me to sit here for four hours? And if it's, and it's tougher because if, if you're in the East Coast, it's even worse. Yep. And like, then you want me know, to be motivated. You want me to be motivated to watch these motherfuckers flip around after I just watch Samoa Joe kill Seth Rollins dead? You know, yeah. like, come on, man. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Nope. It's insane. Now, you know, we Raw, Raw was, like I said, it was it was definitely the weaker. SmackDown was better because obviously we're building that Elimination Chamber match now which is, you know, The Miz, Dean Ambrose, AJ, Bray Wyatt, Baron Corbin, and John Cena. I felt that there was definitely a lot of, there's a lot of talent in that match, and I think we're going to see 
a breakout for both Corbin and for Bray Wyatt, because I think this is, you know, creative's way of seeing, all right, boys, we're throwing you in the deep end of the pool. Show us that you're ready. I do say that. Um, it don't get no realer than that match, dude. Because that match is an I, ass whooping. You know, but you know what? I'm probably going to be against agreeing with a lot of people, but I really believe that um, uh, Ambrose shouldn't be in that match. Well, I think that you know what it is. They're trying to they're trying to gift wrap all the feuds in one gift in one wrapper. Yeah, but you know what? He should not be in that match. I think that should be a separate match with him defending that title. Yep. And if you want to put somebody in it, I would have probably put Dolph in that fucking. I would have put Dolph in there, or I would have thrown some real anarchy in there, dude. I would have put Luke Harper in there. Maybe exactly. A lot of probably both Luke Harper versus um, Dolph for the Intercontinental Championship. Yep. Like I don't think um, Dean should have been in that match. Honestly, it fits no purpose. It's you're losing a belt during that that pay per view. Well, that really that bad. there's that, but I think that they just wanted to leverage the fact that Dean Ambrose was crazy because you know he was like, I'm in that elimination in that elimination chamber match, right? And Shane is like, yeah, uh, yeah sure, okay, like. Like it was almost like he wants the punishment, you know, which is weird, but it but it falls in line with his weird character. So I don't know. It was it was odd. I mean, you know, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt taking on John Cena and Luke Harper was a weird match too. But from a storyline perspective, I got what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, Dolph Ziggler killing Kalisto every week—that shit's getting old, and um, it's fucking tiresome. I'm like, yo, can somebody please just say Kalisto's getting drafted to 205 Live or something, please? Yeah, and like I said, it just, it doesn't. I mean, like I said, I know what what the whole dynamic is, but still, it's like mm, you lose a belt on that pay per view that you could you should be defending, yep. and you could put Dolph in there. And if you want to, you know, have you know, maybe if you want. Apollo Crews to fight for the Intercontinental right. Champion. You could do that. You, well, you, you just put it in there. Dude, by, by the not. way, that fucking Carmella match, first of all, get the fuck out of here with that. Second of all, can we just send fucking Manatee Man to, to 205 Live? Uh, is, is, is he done? Like, is, is the experiment done? By I don't even know, done? dude, but if you're going to do it, at least put him in an environment where he can look the part, you know? Like, fuck, I... <sighs> Like everybody says, you know, he's a he's a he's a good wrestler. Okay, then send him to two oh five live. Have fun with him over there. Yeah. He he could be like a commodity or some type of fucking entity there. Yeah, like, dude. Oh. I would I would love yo, I would send him to NXT as Regal's assistant like Tajiri. <laughs> dude, how great would that be? That's oh, Mr. Re- that's actually a good idea. Dude, he comes in with like a bow tie, his terrible t shirt and no pants. And he's like, oh, Mr. Regal, you know, I'm your new assistant. And, he, and he'd be like, oh, James, where are your pants? You know, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, like you got to have a lot of fun I, I with that. You see that after making it happen. That should be fucking hilarious. Dude, I'll take it because him on him with Carmella, I'm like, all right, what's the payoff here? It's like, who believes that shit? Nobody believes that shit. It, it, it's, it's legit. Like, they're trying to do, you know, the Frog Prince or Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, oh, come on. Get out of here with that. Yeah. If you'd have put her with fucking Dolph, I'd be like, all right, I yeah. can see that shit. Yep. I can see that. Yep, I could definitely see that. By the way, I've always felt that when when Carmella was put with Kaz, I felt that Liv Morgan should have been put with Kaz and Enzo. Well, you know. You know yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But but in terms of just that that dynamic, I just feel Liv Morgan looks the gimmick, you know? Yeah, the best. 
the, the always a favorite thing that I look for is when uh, when Triple H told Enzo and Cass when they were getting called up, and they're like, uh, Carmelo's not going with you guys. And they're like, all right, fuck them. Exactly. <laughs> like, okay. But, um, cool. I liked, you know, the women's tag match was good. We know we're getting that Naomi, that Naomi title run. I really hope they do it. Cause dude, she's not getting the belt. She's not getting the belt. She's not because you know she's you're black. But um, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but that's that's reality. Reality, reality hits. But but I'll tell you this though: if you wanted to do that and create that great story, I would build towards that and let Naomi win it at Mania. Yeah, yeah, that would be the biggest pop ever. Yeah. Yep, because listen, she's got a dope entrance. You could even turn it up a whole other level at Mania with a crazy entrance. And then she's super athletic. Her and Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is no slouch. And it would look good. Yeah, it'll work. I don't think Bliss is going to have the belt that long. Though. No, I don't think so. Because that's that's so Mickey James getting that belt. And then her and Becky at Mania. I smell it oh, like 18 need, miles away. They need to change Mickey's entrance. Yeah, that entrance show. music. It's like, yo, she's a mom with like a kid. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? First of all, it's like she always comes out with that same ring gear from 1998. And, yeah, they gotta cut that shit out. and then it's like, you know, she it's like, yo, you're like 40 skipping to the ring. No. When she came out this past week, I, you know, you looked at it and it was like, they hit the wrong music. Dude, I could <laughs> I could accept when she was dressing like Pocahontas in fucking TNA. Like yeah, I was exactly. OK with that. But this, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all got a good music catalog, man. Find her something. Find her something with a little riff. You know, don't, I mean, don't let her sing. Come on now. Do something back there. It's like, yo, don't let her sing. I heard that, um, I heard that, um, Corey Graves does, um, music choices too. Yeah, which, something, man. Just give us something a little more hardcore, you know? Give us some, you know, let her come out like, 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 you know, some black tight pants and, you know, like, look, look the part. It's like either she comes out looking like a 1998 Mickey James or she comes out looking like an extra in a Dolly Parton country music Christmas special. <laughs> it's like, yo, come on with that shit, man. She's fucking in, she's a, a, an employee at Dolly World. Oh, she's dude, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, I mean, like I said, SmackDown overall was good. The chamber buildup was good. You know, we, we, we got Alexa Bliss and Naomi out of it. We got that tag team turmoil match with Alpha the Usos, you know, Brizongo, and it's like, we know the Alpha's... Thing, the only thing I ask about the, the whole, because I love tag team stuff, it's like, yep, with SmackDown, <laughs> we're really going to go with um, Heath Slater and Rhino again? The so fact that that's even still happening, I'm like, I'm like, why? why? The Usos is prime. The Usos right now is prime to start taking that division over again. Like, Dude, you know what I would have done? I would have taken Rhino... No, no joke. I would have left Rhino in NXT, just really like working NXT. Even give yeah. him a title run. And you know what I would yeah. have done? I would have taken the fucking Drifter and put him with Heath Slater. <laughs> Straight up, dude. Like the one man band and the Drifter. Like yo, it would have just been dope. He comes out all upbeat. The Drifter just comes out, hits motherfuckers with a guitar. I'm like, ah, that would have been dope. But it's like Rhino just looks so out of place, man. Yeah, and. I, the Usos is primed to have like a good run against yep. the, the, um, the um, American Alpha. Alpha. Yep, I, I can see it. It's weird. And, and then you know Breezango, it's like yo, you you two stripper cops, man. They've done jack shit with y'all. Your, your gimmick <laughs> is funny. funny. They're funny though. It's yeah. Like, 
but, but that's another thing is that that's the only thing that's lost with um with um, SmackDown. They don't have enough time to to. It's it's different because Raw should have the tag team division because they have a SmackDown has a lot of them, so you could play that off. But um, with with SmackDown, there's way too much tag teams, and they don't have enough time to put them out there. No, it's true. I also I also feel that. When in in looking at that, you know, you bring up the Ascension, that was a fucking failed experiment. You bring up the Vaudevillains, that was a failed experiment, which is a damn shame too, because the Vaudevillains got a dope entrance, they got a cool look. It just works, you know. I blame the commentators for that. Yep, dude, they bury those guys. They buried them early. They they buried them early, and that and that's fucked up. And I really thought that was really bad. And then I heard they, they were gonna. They should have. They should have put. They should have put them over really early yep and i heard that they were going to repackage the ascension kind of like the dudes from mad max you know and i was like okay y'all y'all well, are y'all well, are a year too late to make him dominate well how does that make him dominate exactly you guys are a year too late <laughs> <laughs> straight up it's like damn it's like damn bram why'd you have to get arrested because bram was originally part of the it was him and and the big dude yeah and I'm yeah, like, why'd yeah. you have to get yourself kicked out, man? Bram would, Bram and him would have looked legit because Bram is just a fucking psycho. Yeah. The other dude, he just looks like he should be in the cruiserweight division wearing eyeliner. Can you and can you imagine that Ricardo was part was part of that too? Yep. And um, man, that's crazy. It really is. Now, you know, 205 Live was again solid. They did some good stuff. The debut of uh, Akira Tozawa, I had no problem with that. Um, Tony needs, I'm tired of my boy, Lince Dorado getting his ass whooped every week. I'm tired of it. Tired of it. Funny because super producer Sully goes, he's always tapping out. He's always losing. I can't root for him anymore. I hate it, dude, because it's like, yo, you know, we don't get too many. We don't get too many Puerto Ricans holding it down. Exactly. And these, it's like, yo, like, like the. Like the freaking the travel agents are just the travel agents, <laughs> and and you know and Lince Dorado who looks the part is dope as shit. It's like yeah, you're just gonna get your ass whooped every week. You're just gonna make no, motherfuckers she, look good. That's your job. She goes, she goes, uh, she's like, I can't root for him because he's always submitting or yep. losing. I can't root for him. Yep, and 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 I get it, you know, because they're trying they're trying to build the whole T.J. Perkins Tony Nese feud, and that's fine. But again, man, you make a guy lose enough times, you ruin that guy's mystique. And that guy's fucking talented. Yep. Like, he he's fucking he was killing in the in the CWC tournament. Yep. Like it wasn't like he was a pushover. Nope, not at all. And then it's like, you know, they show the video package like, oh, Grand Metalik is coming. It's like, let me guess, Grand Metalik is gonna lose to Lindsay Dorado. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, get out of here with that shit. And then, you know, Akira Tozawa's debut is exactly what it was, you know. Akira Tozawa just dropping a motherfucker on his head. And, of course, you know, you're going to have him feud with Brian Kendrick so that, you know, he can hold it down while Tajiri gets gets back on his feet. Yeah, everything is Dragon Gate Japan. He, he's over Dragon Gate Japan. He's all this. And I'm like, yeah, you better, you better be ready about how he deals with everybody else on the fucking roster because it might not be that easy. <laughs> it's like, hmm, some of these guys might not know what he's really about. Yep. I think I, I I mean Tazawa's dope. It's gonna they're gonna have to go out of their way to make it look like the German suplex is a legit dope finisher. Because you exactly. see you see so many motherfuckers just drop like eighteen of them in a match and then you're like, Oh, 
Why does this guy? Why is Brock Lesnar not winning with a German suplex, but this little <laughs> two hundred and five pound Japanese man is? What makes his so special? Like I'm being serious. Like, oh, motherfucker has a low center of gravity. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar's also like three hundred pounds. Yeah, that is weird. Because yep. And any of the promotion, the the German uh, German suplex is an armbar. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or or like you know. Um, Jack Gallagher essentially winning with a drop kick. <laughs> like, yo, like, like, so, so your drop kick has mystical properties is what you're telling me. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, Neville, Neville just being the dude who hates everything is so great. I, that I like, I like that Neville is essentially Wade Barrett. <laughs> yeah. I never, I, I never known of him to be a heel. But what he's doing right now with WWE is like amazing. I I fucking love it. It's it fits everything that that division needs and everything more. I love it. I fucking love it. I'm actually sad that Noam Dar isn't more over because he is a complete. Of Alicia oh, I hate it so much. You know what? Because I watch Agents of Shield and I'm like, yo, Noam Dar is fits from Agents of Shield. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm coming to the ring with Alicia, folks. I'm like, yo, I hate to tell you, but you and Five Head, nobody gives a fuck about Five Head. No. No one. He found out what's going to get him over, and he got it. Yeah, like, like, Vince is like, that son of a bitch is funny. Let him say her name every chance he gets. She doesn't even have to be in the room, but Alicia Fox works. I hate it, dude. And then it's like, all right, we're going to put Cedric Alexander in there. And, you know, Cedric Alexander's another guy. Super over. Great move set, but nothing. Crickets. His charisma is, his charisma is as dull as a dried sponge, which is, it sucks because in Ring of Honor, he was all right. Yeah. But he was he was a big fish in a small pond when it came to our division. Now right. it's like you better step that game up, bro. Yeah, because it's like yo, you're you're getting outshined. He needs to get these guys. I will just say is like, why the fuck WWE doesn't want to invest in managers or, or, or valets? Fucking do something. But you got one, Alicia Fox. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Get these fucking, get these fucking, um, get these, get, get them a, a manager like um Steve Carino or somebody. Get yep. Them a fucking manager. Dude, I would make Steve Carino Drew Gulak's manager. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Perfectly. Yep. Steve Carino with Drew Gulak immediately. And, you know, with, with Nigel McGinnis coming over, dude, I mean, don't get me wrong. Nigel McGinnis being in the booth is dope. And it just shows how much everybody loves Corey Graves. Which is weird, but everybody loves tattoo Jimmy Neutron. But um, <laughs> straight dude, Nigel McGinnis should have came in there, and you and you could have had him just manage, you know, like Jack Gallagher or one of. The, I mean, Gallagher doesn't need it, but you know what I mean. Like him coming in like that would have been kind of cool, you know. Well, I said that. I said I am. Uh, I said in um, TKRS a while ago. I said uh, um, make it out, and they just they just brought in uh, McGinnis and they bring in uh, Carino. One of them is gonna get that GM spot. Somebody's gonna get it. somebody. Yep, because Regal I mean, Regal's gonna be scouting. So eventually, yeah, that exactly. transition's gonna happen. Yeah. So um, 
when it comes to a like, like a manager, uh, I mean, I mean, even um, Jimmy Jacobs is is doing creative back there. Yeah, come out there in the front to be somebody's fucking manager. He's done it before. I agree. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, WWE had an interesting week. You know, it had a, 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 a fair share of highs and a fair share of lows, which leads me to, you know, the big news. And these are the lows with Seth Rollins getting injured. When I read the news, I'm like, oh, man, they're really pushing Samoa Joe as the monster. And then when Seth Rollins was on, like, Facebook, like, ugh, not again, I was like, fuck you. Like, I just yelled at my phone. Like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Number one, I said... I still think his work. I don't know. I just, I think his work somewhere or another. Well, he went to Birmingham. Oh no, I know he did. So they say. So they for say. Me, it's like yeah. So they say. For, for, but for me, it's like um, it takes him over TV for a minute. And for me, it pushes on Samoa Joe as a monster fucking heel. Right. So that he injured the face. That's one thing. Number two, even if it's not a work, it doesn't well, Joe put out a tweet like "Mission accomplished, sir." You know, like it was. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't <wrote> a <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Like, well, but that's because Joe is a fucking consummate professional. But you know what it is? Somebody had put up a clip when he put him in the coquina clutch and the mic was still hot. And you can kind of hear him saying, yo, are you OK? And Rollins like, I hope so. Number two. Um, but you look at the video. Uh, Seth initiated it because yep. he turned in at the wrong time. Yep. And I'm trying to I'm trying to spread it out to the rest of the wrestling community. And like, listen. Uh, you want to give Joe the heat, but like, listen, l- l- watch the video. He, yeah, Seth turned it in and he fucking inverted himself. Yep, it's like it's like trying it, to give Kane heat the first time when Seth blew out his knee. It's like, right. yo, motherfucker, I didn't ask you to be power bombed into the fucking turnbuckle. That wasn't right. me. That was all you. The, the Kimura, the, you know, they wanted to put him in the Kimura or whatever the case may be, but um, Seth turned in in the wrong spot. Yep, and it fucking, it, and that's when the tweak happened. He, yep. You can see his head turning before anything. Yep. And then afterwards, that's when Joe adjusted. And it was like, uh, it's shit happens, man. Yep. But here's the thing. Enter Finn Balor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like shit happens. But the problem is, and and I know why Rollins is upset, because all I got to tell people is the Dolph Ziggler injury months. Yeah, exactly. And think about it. Dolph went from top of the world to don't let that motherfucker near a belt ever again. Nah, but I don't Well, no, of course not. But I'm just saying, like, they were scared because it's like, it's like shit, you know, this guy's going to get hurt. And again, man, the problem is that wrestling is really, really, even though it's so modern, dude, there's still so many carny elements. You know, there's so many, oh, you know, I've worn these same red socks in every match and I've never got injured. Like, shit like that is still legit, you know? So. So but I always think I always think it's like, because Miz, Miz is that guy who's not, he, he, he proclaims that, that he's not ever been hurt right but miz also works very safe when do you see miz like flying off the top rope or fucking doing crazy shit like miz is very paint by numbers yeah and it wasn't even a tooth it was like veneers like oh come on man you got fake ass (laughs) you got your george washington specials knocked out i'm sorry no, but I, I, I think i think it works i think it works for their benefit because i think he'll be back for mania which will be the build-up for him versus um, Triple H. I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is. I, I think, think I, I think you know what it is when I read that's it? I, that's why I think it's a work, too. I was like, mm, Here's the thing. I think. Put, and put, put um, Joe out there as a, as a powerhouse, and they'll line Joe up with somebody. Well, I who, think. Who the fuck knows that? 
Finn will fucking come in the next couple of weeks right. and you'll see in Mania, Finn versus Joe at Mania. Well, you know what it is? I think that this is what, and, and again, you know, I'm not saying I'm an insider or any of that shit, but I, um, the way I viewed it, I said to myself, ba- um, when he got hurt, I think what happened is they were, he's like, I think I'm hurt. And they were like, all right, head down there, get looked at. And now they're waiting for the verdict. The question is, how it's not a question of is he hurt the real question is how hurt is he because if it's just like yo dude you can't be on your feet for 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 a month it's like all right so sneak attacks from backstage you know like you know seth rollins through the crowd like shit like that for for three weeks but the problem with rollins also is the fact that it's he's crossfit jesus so you know he's like He's like four weeks. I'll be ready in two. <laughs> you know, like that's like that's his gimmick, and it's just like, dude, yeah. check this out. I hate to tell you, and I speak from just experience. Yeah, you can heal up in superhuman fashion on the surface, but shit, shit's still fucked up internally until that catches up. You know. But I think I think Seth is safe because Seth has that. When I come back, I get carte blanche for everything. I of course. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. The Seth will come back after whatever he's in the fucking title convention. Oh yeah, that that goes without saying. It's just again for a guy like him, you know, it's just a tough break if it's true. You know, it's like, damn, you know, dude, two years in a row, you just got fucked. You know, like it's just karma working against you. Nah, I think I, I like I said, I think I think he'll be back. He'll be back. Oh, well, um, we'll we'll be we'll be watching that uh very 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 closely. The other the other news item that was uh, the other. I have three other news items before we wrap. Um, Netflix uh, getting Lucha Underground starting February 15th. Uh, big. That's really big. Not only because Lucha is still going to be on El Rey. So anybody that's hearing that, oh, Lucha is coming exclusively. In, nope. It, you know, they're still going to be on El Rey. It's the same thing like, you know, shows from the CW or Fox that come to Netflix after their seasons are over. In Lucha's case, you know, one season one and two are are coming to the network to Netflix and um it's just another way to expand and honestly I think it's great because more people have Netflix than than have El Rey like I have El Rey on files and it's in standard definition and I'm not watching it cuz I'm a fucking snob <laughs> keep it I keep it a buck man it's like yo I don't have a 240 hertz refresh television with 1080p <laughs> to watch fucking Dario Cueto's uh pixelated face I'm good thanks and congratulations to everybody who uh who pitched for that because that wasn't just some uh uh out of the whim that Netflix did that fucking the fans put that shit right. out there Fuck and that. on top of the fact that it w- it's good for them dude because think about this if net imagine imagine Netflix becoming a viable outlet for like you know Lucha Underground and other promotions like yo maybe we should start fucking with Netflix again competition is good yeah it helps. Yep. So, you know, definitely starting uh, February 15th, right after Valentine's Day, you know, after after your significant other goes to bed from the overload of awesome Valentine's Day gifts or after you boot your your side squeeze, kick on some Netflix and watch uh, Lucha Underground. February 15th is um, um, side piece day. So that's it. Side piece day. Shout out to all your, shout out to all your ladies who want to get Netflix and chill that day. That's it. Um, the other thing that was of particular interest, and you'll appreciate this, uh, WWE is doing a show at the Garden March 13th, and the main event 
which is something I'm sure is on his bucket list. Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar. Which should be a WrestleMania match. I'm sorry. But. Yep, but the Garden, if you're going to the Garden on March 13th, you are in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. Bet, you know, as much as I want to I want to pay for that to go, I guarantee that's going to be a fucking blow my ass match. I'm sorry. It's like, that's just going to suck. I know it will be. Well, I'm curious. I'm curious because Kevin Owens, you know, Brock is his bucket list opponent. And I think Brock is kind of intrigued. I think he'd, he'd probably go out there and let Kevin Owens have a nah, good showing. I guarantee there's going to be some shit. Oh, yeah, of course there is. But I think I think the match I, itself is going to be think, all right. I know, shout out to all my people who's going to be there. who's going to be doing that shit on Facebook Live. who's going to stream that shit. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know that's happening. But, you know, it's also interesting because this card has... Dean Ambrose taking on The Miz and Baron Corbin, which is interesting. We got the obligatory Dolph Ziggler-Apollo Cruz match. Then John Cena is facing Bray Wyatt. And then Rhino, Slater, and Kalisto are taking on Fandango, Breeze, and Hawkins. And then this match is what jumps out. Nikki Bella, Becky Lynch, Naomi, and Tamina taking on Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, Natalia, and Carmella. Hmm. Tamina's coming back. Exactly. Yeah, girl. Maybe they'll let her do that super fly splash. Yeah, girl. Welcome back. Because she, she'd be she'd get over if they let her start doing that. Yeah, so I'm talking about her shit. Yeah, dude. Bring so, her ass back. so that card actually looks surprisingly solid if you're going to be in MSG on March 13th. And now the other the other bit of news to, to close things out, and I think this is uh, icing on the cake, is that, you know, the one is reporting that Cena is allegedly penciled into a mixed tag match with Nikki Bella against Maurice and The Miz. You know what? I, I you know I said that. Why don't they just let it just go? Right. Why don't they just let the angle just rock? Right. You know, they, they're with each other. You know, you're playing it off of fucking Total Bellas or Total fucking Divas. Right? Whatever. <laughs> just let it rock. Just like, you know what? They fucking each other or they with each other. So, let it just carry out. Fuck it, yep. there. Stop acting like it's been over two years already. I, I just think about it. Let her interfere in the match, and you know, let the. Let, I mean, come on. Enough is enough. The other, the other thing I did want to mention is that it may be Nikki Bella's last match. Oh. So, wow. the, what they're saying is that the Miz is going to somehow cost Cena the belt with Maurice's involvement. Then Cena is going to be, you know, be pissed off, and then that's going to lead to, a quote-unquote, Nikki Bella getting involved. Now, on paper, you're like, ugh, which I agree. But I also feel that if you're going to let Nikki Bella kind of go out in that fashion, then it might as well be in a match where her John Cena can make her look good, you know? Yeah, of course. So, I, I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. I don't know how believable it is. But I wouldn't be shocked if they went that route. Listen, hey, it's it's better this way. Let them let them bring reality to 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 the wrestling forefront. Let us just rock out. I mean, hey, let's not ignore it anymore. Just put it just put it out there. Just have to rock out. Yep, I, I agree. Thought, I thought it was more frustrating to with the you know John has not you know it's not part of it. Like, fuck that. Yeah, this thing put me out, he put me out there and made me the thought of that. Fuck it. What y'all yep. gonna do? And have them fuck it. No, I, I I agree. It's just interesting only because, you know, this is gonna be another one of those instances where 
you know, do we do we go with the tried and true and let Cena get in the main event? Or is Cena gonna do the audible and genuinely be like, yo, let the let the young bloods just hold it down? Mm. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind either way, but um, you know, WrestleMania season's <laughs> in full swing and um we got we got some interesting stuff to look forward to. I think Raw next week and Rollins injury is gonna be the big thing to watch leading up to Monday. And also, you know, what happens with Samoa Joe now. So Monday's Raw is going to be a very, very telling episode, and people aren't going to aren't going to give it the merit it deserves. But that's the Raw that's going to start really setting the foundation for Mania. I mean, last you know, this past Monday's Raw, we got a little something with with Brock and and Goldberg, which we knew was going to happen. But now we're getting a little bit more. You know, we're going to get we're going to start really cementing some shit next week. Answer in Balor. Yeah, well, Balor. Goldberg, because it's like, you know, there's still the pay-per-view between Mania, you know, but they're fast lane and, you know, what Goldberg, what what can, where does Goldberg fit into it is the question, you know? It's a motherfucker that does, who still can't work and is still pulling off like fucking three minute times in a ring. So what what can you expect? But dude, here's the thing. It's like what Brock said, you know, when when he let Goldberg, you know, pretty much destroy him because they said, you know, Brock pushed for that because Brock allegedly said that there's more money in the long game. And I got to say that, you know, eliminating Goldberg's ring work, I got to say that in terms of just general appeal and putting asses in seat. Well, let me rephrase that. Putting money in Vince's pocket, it's paid off. Well, I would say, like, look, if, uh, for historians, look back on the history. Brock was the one who fucked over Goldberg a few times. Right. So he's doing and, right by him now, you know? Yeah, yeah, he's doing right by him now. But still, my whole thought process is, like, Goldberg is not really, like, working out. Like, he, you know, they put him out there for them short spurts. So Right. But that's, but that's what I mean. Like, they're looking at Goldberg in terms of, in terms of short-term gains. Which is the smart play, and this is what I mean. Like, if Goldberg decides, hey, I'll do a part-time stint, you know, TV and pay-per-view. It's not. I'll be honest, dude. It's not hurting anybody at this no, point it's not because at the end of the day, it's not your money. A lot of people go, oh, they only in there for the check. Well, right. We all know it. It is. They're in there but, for the check. Of but course. people, but people but it, lose. It's it your money. Right. But here's the other thing I always put out there. Guys like The Rock, guys like Goldberg, guys like Brock Lesnar, they come in, they build interest, more people tune in, and, you know, the wrestlers make money off of bigger attendance, you know? So it's like, you can't be mad, because it's like... Yeah, but my, my only thing is that bothers me when you put the strap on a Oh, yeah. Why? Well, that's... Yeah, well, that's Why? different. Right. But I that's a different... Like, if you tell me tomorrow that... Owen's going to drop the boat to, to, to fucking Goldberg for me. I'm like, why? But here's why? the thing. It, I, I wouldn't, honestly, you saying it, and I'll, and I'll be 100% frank, with that pay-per-view between Raw, between, you know, Mania, all, dude, all bets are really off. I'm being I honest. Mean, all I mean, bets I, are I mean, off. It's just like, uh, it's like you, you, you could still have a main event without a belt being on the table. Uh, I agree, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I, I if Goldberg comes out Monday and he does his shtick and and Kevin Owens comes out, then you might as well shut off the TV. <laughs> oh yeah, you know 
because so that's what's going to happen. Gold anyway, so, yeah. But that's what I mean. If Owens comes out because Goldberg's doing whatever and he's like blah, 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 and, and you know where it's good. Dude, as soon as, that, as soon as that riff for Kevin Owens' music hits, you're like, fuck, say goodbye to the belt. I'm being I'm being a hundred percent dead ass, dude. Like at that at this stage of the game, dude, it doesn't even matter, you know, because at the Vince holds all the cards. Vince may be like, listen, let these two fuckers beat the piss out of each other with the belt as an as an incentive for people not to boo them out of the fucking building. (laughs) Nah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> like that's the like that's the thing, dude. Kevin Owens, yeah, the belt is nice and it's great that he's champion, but he's so over that he could just go and have a regular singles match with Jericho, and it would still be dope, you know. Hmm. And I know you hate it. I know you do. But the oh, problem it's, is it's, that it's if it's exhausting for me to fucking yeah talk about it because it's bad. But here's the but thing. I, to be honest, it, there is a there is a plus, a plus side to it. Yep, because at the end of the day, WrestleMania is all about the big buy rate and the big amount of money. the The thing that gets me is that they're gonna definitely go out of the if if it was the Rumble and no pay per view and then Mania, then yeah, we know that certain certain pieces of the puzzle, the future would be set like like Flash. But since, since there's a pay-per-view in the middle, man, that's that's when you really don't want Vince's hands on the clipboard, and that's the problem. Yeah, and that, that's the thing that always scares me is that how much does Vince have on the, the, the product night right now? Yep. So far, everything seems to be going well. The only thing that you know that's, that's on his agenda is you got to get Roman over. Yep. You have to get Roman over. It's like, you know how you get Roman over? By you leaving him the fuck eat. alone. Or or here's him one. Fucking all and make him a fucking heel. <laughs> That's it. Make him a heel. Yep. And once he turns heel, the people will like him for some dumb reason. Yep. They'll like him. Make him a fucking heel. Here's here's a here's a here's the kicker for that dude. Just fucking have him turn and align with Triple H, and put him with Joe, and that's it. Yeah. You know, Triple H and Joe are whooping Seth Rollins' ass. Roman comes running out. Everybody's hype. He helps Seth Rollins up. Boom! Superman punch. No, done. We're gonna have now. We're gonna have. We're gonna have Samoa Joe versus. Uh, this is what I'm telling you. The prelude to Mania is gonna be Samoa Joe versus uh, uh, Roman Reigns for a while, and then that's what it's gonna be. Yep. So Seth gets he gets healthy. That's what it's gonna be. Yep. So I think um, that's a that's a good way to forecast uh, and close out the show for this week. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? I just wanted to add that uh, we are a part of RageWorks, right? That's what we do? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Make sure you check us out on RageWorks.net. <laughs> Get everything on RageWorks.net. Make sure you check us out on TRSSpodcast.com. Check us out on all social media outlets on the Facebook, both of our pages, Facebook, the group page, and the Facebook like page, regular season sportscast, as well as on Instagram, regular season sports as well as on Twitter, RWJ Santi, and on YouTube, the regular season sports guys. We got a lot of content, got a lot of stuff promoting everything that goes on on RageWorks.net. You guys, if you're not on it, you lost it. I'm telling you, get up on it. And Rich, you're the fucking guy. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, coming through and holding it down for this wrestling-centered episode of My Take Radio. Thanks, brother.
My Take Radio is part of the RageWorks Network, giving you the best rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. To find out more, visit us at RageWorks.net.